it's a lonely ride for founders. And I think at a minimum, there needs to be something like this every six months because how many fires burn out because they don't have this support network, because they don't have someone to empathize with, balance ideas off. All right, welcome to Bootstrapping SaaS to Millions. I'm Mike. This is Kev. We are building an eight-figure business and we're just sharing stories and lessons learned along the way. Let's jump in, man. We went to a conference. We went to a conference, first conference since COVID. And we're just going to debrief, talk about some of the thoughts that um, that we had there. How amazing was it to be around people again? Unbelievable to have a moment that I've been waiting for for a year and a half, which is being around a lot of people, um, feeling that energy of the human connection. Unreal. I have so much I want to unpack, um, but we're just kind of riding a high off this. And so um, we may be one of the first, I think, to get back to a conference, right? I don't know a lot of people that have. Not a lot of people have, and you're right. The energy around it, you can tell that everybody has this bottled up social energy. But in addition to that, there's, it's not just bottled up energy. We're social creatures. <laughs> We're humans. And it brings out the best in us. And so it, it's funny. It has this kind of questioning our decisions of being a remote team and what our future path looks like, because what happened in there was special. And we want to keep unlocking whatever that is. Um, so let, let's keep unpacking. So what, yeah. So one, just, uh, first of all, just to hug clients and people that you've known digitally for all these years, um, was very special. So I think, uh, seeing someone speak in a conference room, that's a great speaker. Um, at this particular conference, um, that, that we go to, there's a speaker named Dirk who runs the conference. And I believe he's an amazing speaker for any industry, let alone in the home inspection industry. Um, and to see someone powerful on stage speak in person, I, it's just not the same as watching a YouTube video. So different. And and being shoulder to shoulder with other people who are feeling the same thing amplifies it. And then you can talk about it right afterwards <laughs> and share the energy and it builds up. It's that um, whatever, you know, like synergy, like it's greater than the sum of the parts. Yes. And yeah, when you're sitting at home in sweatpants, it's just hard to get that feeling when you're just watching it in a non-interactive way right i'm a big energy person so i love this where it's like it's it's hard it's always been hard for me to describe uh being an energy energy person i don't even know what that means half the time but i know i feel it when you said hundreds of people collectively dreaming big thinking optimistically um talking about the bad times talking about things that haven't worked and maybe crying together that just fills me up and yeah you could feel the room you could feel everyone's like tank getting full from this. And that's not a post COVID only thing. That's a, that's a human thing. And so I I'm all in on this idea again of in-personness. Um, I've always loved conferences, but this one really hit differently. Um, because it, to me, it was like 10 X of what a normal conference is, which I already love. Um, and so I think anyone, there's probably lots of you out there thinking of going to a conference soon just because of COVID. And, uh, I 100% am glad we did. Yeah. I, I came home and started searching for like more conferences, <laughs> all these different topics of conferences, like both for us as, um, business owners, for our team to develop leaders, more conferences like that are aimed at our clients for us to connect with clients. I want more. And for background too, our, 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 we live, we're in a very big relationship industry. And so I think conferences are huge for us as Spectora. Um, I don't know, you know, lots of other industries, maybe that's not the case, but I, I'd, I'd be willing to bet 
most industries, if you got face-to-face -face time with your clients, it would help if you're great at relationship building. Niche B2B SaaS is so relationship heavy. Right. And there's just no substitute for no. seeing the same no. people. There's people that we saw at this conference pre-COVID that when they saw us again, they're like, oh man, I've been meaning to switch over. And then they booked like a demo right away because they were just like, yes, I remember the energy that you guys have what I felt last time I talked to you. And it takes sometimes that repetition and connecting with people multiple times over months or years to win over some, some of the bigger customers who it's, it's harder, frankly, to switch over when you have a bigger enterprise going. And so we know that conferences have been amazing for us, so important to our growth. And um, so yeah, can't understate that enough. Part of our competitive advantage, go yeah. ahead. Second piece, getting time hanging out with our teammates. We have, I mean, our team's doubled since COVID hit. So right. we've, we haven't met half our team in person. Mm -hmm. So we got to meet new team members for the first time at this conference, which was really cool. We got to put, put a lot of time into developing the relationships with team members that we've only seen a little bit, or we've only seen online. Mm -hmm. And then we also stayed, it was in Austin, amazing city. If you haven't been there, go to Austin. Get the hype now. I, I get the hype of Austin. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth paying 100K over asking. Um, <laughs> but getting the time to spend with teammates in a social context outside of just work and like agendas for meetings and everybody doing their day to day tasks. Like we went kayaking with a couple of our teammates. We went out, had a few drinks, we had meals together. Magical. And oh my gosh, like the, the connection that I feel for these teammates. And then just like as, as business owners, the desire to want to build them up and help them achieve their dreams and visions, that's powerful. That's meaningful to me where now I feel like my top priority is how do I make their life amazing? That's so good. I want to, I want to, in a second, hear the story of, of you and Lulu connecting and talking and what that was like. I want to go deeper there. Um, but just think of like the intentionality of like carving out time out of our busy schedules, out of everyone's busy schedules to spend time just to, just to be with two, three, four people, whoever it is. To me, that alone is a signal that you're going to get to know each other better. You're going to care about each other more, trust each other more. It's hard not to when you devote time to each other. And then you find out, I really like and respect and love this person. You can accomplish it. Like It sounds corny, but like you, you literally can't accomplish anything as a team when you start feeling that for your leaders. Um, and then now you're just like, how do I lift you up? Right. Just like you said. And so yeah. Tell us about, tell us just like step us through that. Cause I think it was powerful when you gave me the condensed version mm. of what it was like to like sit and talk with Lulu because you right. hadn't done that before. Right. Cause you're, you know, she's client success. I'm more on that side of the house. What was the impact? Of yeah. That? Well, first for context, I mean, we've always been a very emotionally focused team. Mm -hmm. Like I think both of our backgrounds and personalities have always lent to like really wanting to nurture the relationships and get to know our, our teammates as people and there's a reason I, I use teammates instead of employees. Mm -hmm. Employee sounds colder, okay. more sterile, like we're, we're all teammates. There's a reason why we um, have always focused on it. But after this conference, I feel like we don't do it enough. Oh. We need to like 10x down on it. <laughs> and um, because that's what some of the theme of the conference was, is like how to grow and build an organization. And while it's focused on home inspectors, I think we getting to sit in on some of the conference sessions took away just as much as anybody else attending. Um, so yeah, Lulu employee, she got hired right before COVID hit. So mm -hmm. she, ne we never even have time in the office. She was onboarded completely remote right. and we've only interacted, um, in brief online, uh, zooms. And so getting the time to spend with her, 
oh my gosh like we a few drinks in yeah cried together we cried together she said some things that uh, of recognizing like what you and i are doing for the team and believing in them and giving them opportunities to grow beyond what they thought was even possible um and just you know she recognized some of the struggle she's a very emotionally intelligent person mm-hmm. um and i started crying gave her a hug and I was telling her like all the potential that I saw in her and like what her superpower is that that emotional quotient and um and she talked about some of like the anxieties that she's had around growing her career and being like a strong female um that wants to run the finances in her house that wants to have a six-figure job by the time she's 30 uh you know and she was crying and we just we connected in a way that um is irreplaceable you can't do that over zoom never would have happened never would have happened over zoom no and um, gosh, that's life changing. That's life changing for both of you, possibly. Yes. That, and I think when people feel seen, they talked about the conference of feeling seen and feeling understood. Um, what a connection now. Oh. And so then like the business stuff just kind of like almost happens. It's almost kind of like background to right. the relationship of doing things for each other, exist, existing in a business together. Right. Um, that's special. Oh, it's so special. And I think regardless of your team size, it's just you and your co-founder or in our case, you know, 23 people working on it with us mm-hmm. in this endeavor, carving out the time for that is something that I want to do more of in the future. I know you and I have always carved out the time to, to reconnect uh, as people. It helps that we're brothers. So we talk a lot about life right, and right. Um, everything else. But it's intentional. We but still, it's, intentional. Make, it's a non-negotiable meeting. I think that might be our only non-negotiable meeting. Yeah. Team all hands, maybe in that. Right. But every Monday, you and I, we talk half hour to an hour and just make sure that we're connecting. And a lot of times it doesn't involve business. Sometimes it's about life. Sometimes it's about business. Sometimes it's about sports. It doesn't matter. We have time to connect and be with each other. And of course, we play volleyball like 10 hours a week together and right. everything else. But um, so important and something that I want to make time for with so many of our, of our teammates that just needs to happen. That's the big takeaway for me is that if you know most people listening to this and us want to accomplish something big and audacious, big goals, right? You want to change an industry. You want to great grow a life for yourself, uh, you know, beyond what you've ever imagined. How can something like that happen if you don't even know the people you're working with goals and dreams and aspirations? So how can you ask them to join you on this journey up the mountain, but you're just like, oh yeah, just punch the clock every day and do the thing instead of like, and, and it's vulnerable. And yeah. It's not easy for a lot of people. I, I really acknowledge, I want yeah. to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to like start leaning in and pushing those um, conversations. And it's just, all you have to do is ask questions. Yeah. All you have to do is ask questions. So what was the most impactful moment of <laughs> the past week for you? Oh my gosh, man. Um, there's a couple. So the first, um, there's a costume party at the, you know, every year at this conference. And not, it's not necessarily just the costume party, but it's, it's the, the shared experience um, with our clients. So we get to essentially hang out with our clients and hug with them and dance with them and have a drink with them and, and hug and do all these things. And we're a vendor at a conference. It didn't even feel like we were a vendor. It felt like we were a part of the community. Um, so to me, the conference as a whole, sharing those emotions with clients and processing emotions side by side with clients, that's like, that's not normal. I think for any industry, I don't think you go to dental conferences and get that. I'd be curious if you <laughs> don't, maybe you should. Right. And one of the other vendors ever came up to me and was like, Oh, I didn't know that we can like do these things. 
It's like, did anybody tell you you couldn't? Exactly. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, we're, we're here. We were waking up at 6.30 and doing the, you know, they had athletic activities like a run or yoga in the morning. So we were waking up and doing those and we're, you know, doing the conference thing during the day. And then in the evenings, we're going to the social events. We're doing like 15, 16, 18 hour right. spreads. And I, I can't think of better time spent. Like you spend all this money and time to go to a conference. Why not make the most of it? Why not connect with clients every waking hour you can? And um, I obviously it pays dividends. Yeah. You know, obviously this entire group is very aligned with us and feels connected to us because of how much we've invested in just the human relationships of it. Sometimes I feel like our podcast is a broken record, human relationships, emotional intelligence, but these are the foundations of our success, I believe. Absolutely. And one other uh, moment that stood out, we were walking through Austin uh, the day after the conference, we just went into Austin, walked around downtown. Uh, we crossed this bridge over, was it like, you said it was like Colorado, Colorado River. River. Okay. Yeah. So we crossed this bridge and we stopped to just kind of hang out there. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking to Lulu, I'm talking to Dave, one of our sales guys, and we just kind of face towards the river and we just start talking about Spectora. We naturally start talking about the future. And then we start talking about the future vision. And I started asking Dave about his future visions for himself and what he wants. And I think he was like, Hey, I want to make a million dollars. I said like, what would it look like if you 10 X that just, let's just, let's just go through the exercise. And I could, I see something in his mind kind of turn where he kind of like looks at me and was like, yeah, why, like, why not? And we start stepping through like brainstorming the future and kind of how big the company can get and what he can accomplish through it. And it was like a pretty intimate moment for us. We're usually, we just talk sales and we just talk guy talk sometimes. So we actually sat there and daydreamed for a minute overlooking this beautiful setting of like the Austin skyline and the river and just being in that other environment daydreaming, like it does something special for me. And I know it did for him because yeah. I think, um, I think he was, he just felt like he could conquer the world after that and wanted to be a leader within Spector. So like, to me, that was powerful. Say more about kind of this new role we find ourselves in of being at the head of a growing team and being vision casters. It's a new hat for us, but I think this is interesting that we learn, we're like learning this by going to the conferences that we're vendors at. So I think some of this IEB conference, um, is teaching us to be better leaders, um, by speaking about the vision, getting the reps in, and it doesn't, it feels fluffy at times, but it's starting to feel less fluffy and more real the more you do it. And I don't know if that's just you convincing yourself of what you want to do, but that's part of achieving dreams, right? Is I think someone at the conference said, you get in life what you deeply convince yourself of. And in order, do you think Uber or Airbnb could accomplish what they wanted to if their founders weren't a little batshit crazy in the early days and saying like, oh yeah, people are going to sleep in other people's beds. Right. You remember the, you know, at the time, everyone can find an article that said like, no, people are going to murder each other. It's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be terrible. And they've achieved that dream by putting it out there. So I think, right. I think we see ourselves as people to kind of craft that vision, find ways to articulate it. And, and we have the energy because yeah. we believe it. And I think we're, we're constantly checking ourselves on what we believe to be true. The, the foundation of everything is mindset, right? That's something that I think they talked about in the conference and something that we've always believed. It's like, once your mindset and your vision is there, like the strategies, the tools, that's all on top of that. Like the tools are less important. I know many people are listening and they're worried. Oh, should I build my app <laughs> in Node or Rails? doesn't fucking matter. 
What's your vision? Yeah. What's the vision? What's the mission? Are you on board mentally? Are you seeing the possibilities? Are you inspiring your teammates, your co-founders? That's what matters most. Yes. The other stuff. Yeah. It's, it's small um, variation within the the big path, but it's not going to be the main mover of your business. And that um, so important to keep in mind for those of you listening that are in that early stage, don't overthink all the little things, get your mind, right. Get your mind, right. And it gives you something to always refer back to. It's your North star. And I think, I used to kind of turn my nose up at uh, mission statements, goals, you know, well, not goals. I always set goals, but like a mission statement is kind of like a big overarching goal. Right. And so I think it's what it is, is clarity. Yeah. I've, I've changed from thinking that's fluff to like, that's getting clear on what you're trying to do every day. Yeah. Cause I mean, everyone listening has had lost days and even weeks, I would say. Right. If you don't know, that point on the horizon you're headed towards, it's easy to get lost. But if you know, hey, as long as I'm always stepping closer to that point, that's progress. That's your guide. Yeah. It's great. Let's come back to this. Um, I think there's more to do here. I think, you know, if we prepare more, there's probably more to unpack. But like, yeah. let's talk about our what our current thoughts are on rethinking hybrid, rethinking yeah. in person. Because after having an impactful weekend of human to human interaction and hugging and just like talk, you know, it's, right. it's unreal what it's done for us. And you can probably hear it in our voices. Are we going to go back to an office full time? Probably not. Can't. This is a live brainstorm right yeah. now. Cause yeah. we don't know the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Context. We went full remote once COVID hit a few months in, we were like, gosh, we don't know how long a vaccine will take. Some people are like, Oh, it might be years right. until a vaccine comes. We had an out in our lease and we took it mm-hmm. because the uncertainty you know, it's better and continue to pay $7,000 a month for who knows how long. <laughs> right. And, and then that opened up the ability to hire nationwide, worldwide. So we've gotten great people. We have great people. We have people in two other countries and seven other states. So our organization has changed. And we just felt this amazing power of in-person connection of, of what can be accomplished when people have more of it. What do we do? You know, uh, the consensus, I just try to listen to what other, you know, what other companies do. Um, you know, the, the convert kits of the world, the calendars of the world, all these companies that are bigger than us, steps ahead of us. The consensus I'm feeling out there in circles I follow on Twitter is that you have to have an HQ somewhere to mm-hmm. where, where people can, you can fly people in for events. Um, you can have face-to-face stuff with your leadership team because as a leadership team, like that's the fabric for growth and it, without that in-person brainstorming connection, trust for each other, it's hard. It's it's not undoable. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously many successful companies like Basecamp that have built a remote culture that um, probably enables a lot of their successes. Um, We're questioning for our industry, for our company, should we be at least partially back in an office? Because I know we're, we're in a WeWork right now. Mm -hmm. We've been getting together in WeWorks, you know, once a week, at least for, you know, last month and it feels great. And I've been preparing my family for like, Hey, I'm probably going to go back into the office at least two or three days a week, right. wherever that office might be. Right. And right before we started uh, this podcast, we're like, should we look into like office space again, yeah. like a lease, yeah. some furniture, a place where we can go. It's, we're going to continue to, to debate and brainstorm what that right thing looks like. Cause on one hand you feel like, Oh, well, is it the worst of both worlds? We're paying a full lease, but only using it, you know, 30, 50% of the time. What is the impact to the people that don't live nearby that don't have the option of coming in? Do they feel marginalized? Do they feel like they don't have as much of a voice or a chance to get ahead? Like we need to be very 
cognizance of all those factors and make sure they have every opportunity that somebody that lives next door does. Right. Um, if we can solve those, though, I believe that the upside potential far outweighs the risks. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to ask some of these, you know, I'll, I'll probably tweet at Jason or DHAC if they answer me, because I wonder what in-person elements they did have over the years, or if it really was never had a retreat, never right. had leadership meetings. I wonder if I want to find what works for us there, um, because to me, the energy and shared belief is undeniable when you're together. Um just the things, you know, you smile, body language, all these things that make human life. It, it's hard for me to believe it. Oh, yeah. We can't find a way. And so we will see um, to be continued on that. We're going to test it out, I think, in limited ways yeah. uh, by having certain meetings and, and leadership, zooming people in, right? things like that. So um, I'd love to hear if anyone has thoughts on this. Definitely. Like, what's the best way to tweet, Reddit, email us, whatever. Yeah, all the things. Yeah. Um, all right. So something else I want to talk about. So. So we were vendors at this conference. It was primarily intended for home inspectors. So like we said, we were part of the event. We were very much part of the community, but not 100%. Right. I was envious of the bonds that they've built up with each other because this is like a coaching community where they get together mm -hmm. maybe once a month or more. A lot of them have formed friendships where all the social events they do are with each other. They have like different levels um, for people at different sizes of company. And it seemed like such a amazing community. They emphasize vulnerability, authenticity, um, true giving value um, without expecting to receive anything in return. And I was really envious. And I, and I realized as we've grown our company, as we've changed some of our socioeconomics and just where our minds are operating at to be instead of just a guy that codes and the guy that markets, <laughs> now we're leaders that are trying to empower and grow an organization and allocate resources well. Uh, we don't have many peers. We don't have many people to brainstorm some of this out loud with. And, um, and so I, I just wanted to call out like kind of some of that void that's, that's here. And sometimes I feel like some of this doing this podcast is hoping to find and connect with other people that want to have these kinds of conversations more often. Um, where are you at? How do you feel yeah, about all that? It's the same. I mean, we're putting, trying to put value out into the world at the same time while growing our network. And I've been seeking this out for about a year now and um, you know, a couple of connections on Twitter here and there, but like nothing that felt like this conference, of course. So um, we've, we were looking forward to microconf that we felt that was the best shot at being this. I don't, we don't know if it is because we've never been. Um, and so yeah, it's a void. It's one of the, few, it's like one of the few voids in my life that I, I really want us to find and connect with. And, you know, reach down on Twitter feels like dating sometimes <laughs> where it's like, you got to yeah. show that you're cool and sexy enough for them to respond to you. But it's like, you don't know what value you can add. You right. know, it's like, I reached out to a couple founders, a few steps ahead of us. And it's like, I don't even know what to say. So I was just yeah. honest. And then I reread it and I was like, well, that sounded kind of dumb. Jeez, <laughs> no wonder they didn't answer, you know, but it's yeah. like, you don't know how to do it. And so I think uh, this is the way I think mm -hmm. putting out content, um, being vulnerable and kind of speaking our minds and just putting ourselves out yeah. there and who knows maybe a tribe emerges from this, from this and we create that community right we'll see what happens down the exactly. road I guess. you never know but I, I do know it's a lonely ride for founders and i think at a minimum there needs to be something like this every six months because how many fires burn out yeah. because they don't have this support network because they don't have someone to empathize with bounce ideas off of so i it, it to me it's something that's long overdue um We'll see. Yeah, gosh, that, that really resonates. It is a lonely road. There's so few people that attempt to do this. 
And of those, there's so few people that actually get it off the ground. Right. And yeah, for those that are anywhere along that path, it's so important to have support, to have accountability partners. Yeah. And just people that you can connect with and talk about your current struggles, your current questions, and then you get other perspectives. And hopefully those people are very open and want to dig in and ask deepening questions, not just tell you how they did it, right? but also kind of figure it out. That might be an idea for future podcasts where we just have a conversation um, with other startup founders and just ask them a bunch of questions and yeah. see what we can unearth in a kind of on the air brainstorm session. Oh, I love it. We're if you're interested in that. Hit us up. Definitely. Let's do it. Um, I, Cause I believe tech people um, even especially now after COVID massively underestimate, Oh, I can do the connection thing through Twitter or online and I'm good. I think we have a fresh perspective right now of feeling that human connection in person. And so I, I just encourage everyone to not sleep on that because you don't know what you're missing out on. Like you don't know, you might think you're doing inspired work and you're waking up and working hard every day. I don't know. We all get into our funks. We all kind of go into our lulls. And I think in person, inspiration and motivation and connection can, can shake you out, shake you out of that. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think sometimes we look at certain metrics or certain things that we're doing, this feeling we have of being busy as the end goal, when really, are we impacting somebody else's life? Mm. Are we getting something real from somebody? It's so validating when we go to a conference and somebody's like, gosh, guys, your software has given me three hours more a day with my family. That's immeasurable. My kids are young and that is just time I can never have had with them. Thank you. And that lets me know we're doing something meaningful, not, oh, look, here's our growth rate. Here's our right. number of users. That stuff is far less validating than what we heard at the conference in person. And there was people standing up at the conference. They did a gratitude morning every morning. They did 10 minutes of like someone standing up and saying what they're thankful for from the previous day. So many people at the conference stood up and thanked someone else at the conference for selflessly helping them, answering questions, being there for them. And that's what I envision for like the SaaS and the builder community is, is that in-person kind of, uh, you know, community to help and to give thanks, all those things. So great stuff. I think, um, I think we should create this someday. Yeah. Such a powerful conference. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on this? Anything else that you want to reflect back on? You know, I think anytime you go to a conference that talks so much about vision and leadership, it makes you kind of question your own structure in terms of this incentives, alignment with your leaders, how you're, how you're incentivizing them, equity, bonus, raises, all these things. Um, and I think everyone should always be constantly evaluating this and then talking to your leaders about it. And so I think growing leaders is a very underrated topic. That I don't think I haven't just stumbled across a ton of resources on it. And this conference went deep on it. And so I think um, that will be an episode we can peel off and do another one on. But I know we're at the point of being very invested in creating every opportunity possible for the people that are showing they want it yeah. and that want to change their lives. We're going to we're going to line it up and then get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Getting barriers out the way. Sometimes I feel like we are holding back some of the folks that work for us because we're still trying to control too much. And I think, um, you know, we're probably doing it at the right pace. Like at the level mm -hmm. of growth we've had, we're still kind of figuring out where everybody should fall. But I, I agree with you. I am very much evaluating like the structure of our company, uh, the incentivization structures. How can we give people, um, yeah, those possibilities to dream big and put in the work and make changes that um, the stuff that we felt all along, that's what I want everybody in our team to feel. 
So that's going to be a goal. It's probably going to be a future episode of brainstorming what that looks like. Um, and if you're in a company that is growing, these are great things to start wondering about, conversing about, and figuring out how you're going to build your organization that's going to maximize what you're doing. And another th last thing I want to bring up is we just before this chatted a little bit about um, kind of the, the fear mentality of as you have a little bit of success. So for anyone that's listening that has had a little bit of money in the bank, you kind of tend to want to like curl up around it and protect it um, versus deploying it to growth. Sometimes in tech, it's the opposite where they plow everything into growth. That's right. the typical VC model, right? But yeah. bootstrappers, I think we're a little different in that, hey, oh man, made a hundred grand because hold on to it in case something bad happens. And so knowing where you stand with that, talking to your co-founder or talking to other founders about how they approach growth, right. where they deploy it, same vertical, different industry, whatever, um, you got to be clear on these things. And we're not even clear on these things. We're, we're going to get clear yeah. on them, but it's a, it's a fun journey to go through to say, do we know what we're after? Like, do we know what our, what we're, our financial goals are, our rules are for our financials? Yeah. And we're having more talks about what are our personal financial goals? How are we going to um, balance that with the business goals and objectives? And it's constantly in flux. It, it varies based on our confidence with growth rates and everything that's happening in the industry at large. But I right now feel like we've been too timid with like resource deployment. Cash that comes in, we kind of sit on, we sit on um, a lot of cash in the bank, frankly, because right. we're always worried about the rainy day. Um, what could we do? What growth could we have by taking bets with it? Entrepreneurship, right. you know, kind of being mm -hmm. our own investors. Um, those are things that we also will probably evaluate. Yeah. And the flip side was um, through COVID, the cash buffer was our security blanket at night. Oh. We probably slept a little better. And so um, it's having it all. It's having a little bit of everything. And uh, that's kind of been our approach. But I know we've been, we've been uh, a little timid on the growth front for more security. So I think it's a toggle that can change as long as you're willing to toggle that and evaluate it. It feels healthy the way we're kind of going through these iterations. I think the important thing is just talking about it and having it be a conscious decision instead of it being governed by subconscious things like your fears, right. your upbringing, your, you know, we were talking earlier, um, 2008, I was, my freelance career was taking off. I was getting money in the bank for the first time in my life. And then everything fell out and I had no gigs for a couple of years and watch the savings plummet and kind of was rethinking everything. That was hard. Am I traumatized by that and now more fearful because of it in a way? And I'm trying to work through that because yeah, the same thing is not going to, it's going to be something else that you don't anticipate. Right. So yeah. How can we prepare for changes? Cause there's always going to be change. Change will continue to accelerate. How can we have that security, but also not be governed by fear? And I think by talking about it, by having a very clear set of rules, you can always change the rules, but having clear rules and models is the key. Yes. It gives certainty. You cannot manage from your bank account. As we were once told by a mentor, it's like, if you're managing by looking at your bank account, that's the wrong way, as opposed to your framework for big decisions and deploying money. Um, and that's kind of the phase we're at. So, yeah, yeah. We have to be looking at our industry, the opportunities in front of us. What's the opportunity cost of not pursuing those things? Not diversifying. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Hi. that was a, that was our out loud brainstorm session on this conference and some of the thoughts that came from it. I love doing these. I'm sure we'll, we'll continue to do more of these episodes where we're just talking out loud about where we're at as a company, what we're thinking about. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll keep mixing up topics. But if you have ideas of things you want to hear about, hit us up, let us know, and we'll talk about them. Yep. Email podcast at spectora.com. Got an email now. Nice. All right, y'all. All right. Peace.